0: It's one of the one of my inspirations behind writing Rainbow because yes, you know, your struggle and your journey, it's okay, right? It's okay that you're having these internal struggles, but you can you can figure out how to overcome them, right? It's you don't have to like deny who you are in, in order to please somebody else.
1: Welcome to Queer Sacramento, a podcast about the lives of LGBTQ plus people, businesses, and events in and around the capital city of California, Sacramento. I'm your host, Michael Q. I am a certified and licensed massage therapist, professional stage actor, and owner of Q's Massage Studio, body positive massage therapy, right here in the Lavender Heights District of Midtown. All right. So on today's podcast, we have Verde Arzu. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And so first of all, can you let
1: us know your official pronouns? Uh,
0: my official pronouns are she and her.
1: Okay, great. And Verde is a Black independent queer writer author. I'm so glad that I get to talk to you today. So first of all, are you from Sacramento? And if not, where are you from?
0: I am originally from Chicago, Chi Town. All uh, right, <laughs> come on. South side. Right. And uh that's where I was born and reared and then I um um I moved to Sacramento from Nashville, Tennessee where I attended uh undergrad Fisk University, HBCU. Yep. All right. Yeah.
1: So I love that you mentioned Fisk University. So can you talk to us about your college experience being a part of an HBCU?
0: Yeah. So HBCU stands for Historically Black College and University. And I always like to say that Fisk changed my life Um, because at Fisk, um, the professors were black. They had master's degrees and doctorate degrees. They held us to such high standards. And the expectation was for you to go on and you know receive your master's degree, your PhD, to become doctors, lawyers, teachers, and everything in the classroom was taught from the black perspective. And so when we left Fisk, you know it was like a little safe haven, a bubble where we just learned about all our contributions to society as black people and how you know we built this country. And and um, so when we left Fisk, we left with You know, pride and uh, knowledge and the determination that we were going to, um, you know, continue to contribute to the great fabric of, you know, being black in America.
1: Did you now when you were researching uh colleges? Um, and H- were you looking specifically for HBCUs? And then why did you choose Fisk specifically?
0: Oh man, <laughs> no, I was not looking at black colleges, I really didn't even know much about black colleges from other than what I saw on um, what was the show called? Um,
1: A different world, A different
0: world, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know. And that was impactful, but I still, when I set out, I, I started off at a junior college in Champaign, Urbana. Urbana, I'm sorry. And um, I had a college professor there named Kevin Hills, and he was a Fisk graduate. And when he first mm-hmm. talked to me about Fisk, we were—I mean, my eyes were set on the University of Illinois, right? I'm trying to go. over there. Mm-hmm. Great institution, and he came talking about Fisk, and I was just like, "What the heck is a Fisk? I'm not." And (laughs) now the country, that's not what I'm about to do with my life, right? And um, so, you know, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations um, at Parkland, one of them being that I got married, and, you know, that didn't work out, and I was just, like, working, I I had to drop all my classes, you know, I was just, like, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life, and Mm -hmm. I was up at Parkland and, you know, talking to the counselors and everything, trying to get everything squared away. And I ran into Kevin Hales and he started talking to me about Fisk again. He was like, hey, you know, you really need to consider going to this school. I think you will be a great, um, you know, asset to that. I think that you you know. I think your Fisk material basically is what he told me, and and I just was like, for the first time, actually opened my ears to listen to what he had to say, and I Mm -hmm. researched Fisk, and I was just like, wow, you know this is a, this, I mean, can I even get in? I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't to get in this school. I mean, is he, is he crazy? Is he for real? And so he, you know, he helped me and guided me. Got um, I went through the um, application process and, and I got accepted and, you know, it's been on and popping from there. It was just like, uh, I guess, it's, I think it was just something that was meant to be. And so I I definitely promote HBCU. I I, I promote going to HBCUs. I promote definitely going to Fisk, But, you know, Mm -hmm. attend any of the HBCUs. And I think that you will have just a a great experience as well.
1: I love that you had such a great experience being a part of a university like that. Because I think it's so great, especially now with everything happening in the world there's something really empowering about being a part of a university or college where it was uh, almost either exclusively or almost exclusively um, Black people teaching you because that just can help to really reframe your mind Mm -hmm. with um, the way that you see the world, you know? And now, were you pursuing writing there at the college or is that something that came later on? Um,
0: Now, I've always... Uh, wanted to be a writer, but it was definitely something I did on the side at FISC because my major was history. And okay. I I just knew that I, I I was going to go on to be a, a historian, a, a, a college professor teaching, you know, at, at the university level. That is what I set out to do when I uh, attended FISC.
1: So you said, it sounds like you said you've been writing really a long time. So what made you kind of interested in writing in general?
0: You know, that goes back to uh, my childhood. I, I give all my, my 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 passion for writing, I give credit to my mother because she is the person who taught me how to write literally. Like, how to write letters and things. And I fell in love with it. Um, and I've been writing ever since. She, had, I mean, I think my mom was so patient with the way in which she taught her kids growing up. And, you know, it it was just something that I enjoyed doing. It was fun. And, you know, I can still recall um, pretending to read books before I could even read them. So words and that's something that I got from my mom. So that's where it started. And And I've been writing ever since. So when I was growing up, When I was in high school, one of the things that I absolutely loved was going to uh, Barnes and Noble and Borders, even though it doesn't exist anymore. And the first thing I would do was go and hit the African-American section. And then this was when they had an African-American section right now, because I was looking for myself on the shelf. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's one of the reasons why I have chosen to write from a black queer perspective about black Queer people, because there are people out there that are looking for themselves on the on the shelf or you know online, and you know we need to be able to find ourselves easily, right? Hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask about kind of your inspiration. Do you have any kind of whether they be black writers or queer writers or both mm-hmm. that you feel like um, have kind of helped you with your writing? Absolutely. My
0: my all time favorite writer. Tony Morrison and um, I got into Tony Morrison when mm-hmm. I was in high school, um, just because I spent I, I was like a nerd, so I spent a lot of my time my lunch time in the in the library, and just reading Tony Morrison was just I don't know it was just life changing for me. Just reading The Bluest Eye and Sula mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing myself and in, in 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 that blackness, that real blackness, the way that she writes in it. Um, um, one uh, another, one of my favorite writers is uh, Sister Soldier. I love the, writes, mm-hmm. the detail that she uses with her writing. Uh, Zora Neale Hurston and Their Eyes Are Watching God, and
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. you know
0: who um, I used to love reading in high school. My my brother put me on to him actually, Eric Jerome Dickey. Oh my God!
1: Oh, I know all I know all about him. <laughs> I know all of them. Yes, I,
0: man, you know, his writing is so phenomenal. I just, I love the way that he just brings those characters to life. And when you're in, when you're reading his books, you're, you're, you're watching a movie for real, you know? And it's like, he's telling that- like the secrets of, <laughs> <laughs> of somebody, like the secrets nobody wants you to know that yeah
1: that is so true i mean that is exactly how i feel i feel like when i when i read his books i kind of feel like i'm transported Mm. and um i feel like it really does read like a movie i'm like somebody needs to um we need to we need to uh put this in a tv adaptation or something because i completely understand that
0: Verde arzu um my last name is actually green But my pen name is Verde Arzu, and that's where Verde comes from. It is green in Spanish. And my last name is Arzu, which is my father's last name. And my father is from, um, he was born and raised in Honduras. He came over to the United States um, in his 30s. And uh, so he's uh, Afro, uh, African, Latinx. Um, And uh, he came over here and established himself opened up his own, um, dry cleaning business. And, um, it's really just my nod to my father. It's the way that I, you know, pay tribute to him and, and acknowledge that part of my culture and that part of my life. So that's where Bear Day, our zoo comes from. Um, rainbow is a black queer novella, uh, which means it's a short love. So st- it's a short story. I'm sorry. And, um, it was published on December tenth, and actually, for um, to uh, celebrate Pride, I, it's on sale on Amazon paperback for seven ninety nine, and um, if you are a Kindle subscriber, you can read it at no additional cost. So,
1: oh, that's yeah. great so yeah so let's yeah so let's talk about this book so one can you talk about um yeah what is the general uh premise of it
0: so the general premise is about our main character taylor who is a young black college student um she is determined she's you know, she's got big dreams and she's really ambitious because she is a third string point guard and she wants to um, go to the WNBA and she's not going to let anything stand in her way. And she she decides to go on this trip to the Million Man More March, which is um, the t- it's celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Million Man March, which was mm-hmm. um, put on by Louis Farrakhan in the Nation of Islam. So she's on this trip and the important thing about the trip is that it's right after Hurricane Katrina happened. Right? And so mm. she is determined to do something, right? She wants to do something. This uh, crisis has hit the 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 nation and black people have been impacted gravely and the nation's response to black people and the devastation and, and not being rescued from that devastation has her motivated, right? So she's trying to figure out how, what, how she's going to create change in the world too. And on this Mm -hmm. trip, she meets Melody. Now, Melanie is like the complete opposite of Taylor. She is, and you know, she's outgoing, she's got sass and pizzazz and Melody is Mm -hmm. like, and Taylor is like blown away, right? So, uh, and this is the first time that she, is attracted to uh, a a woman and she can't hide it, right? She doesn't know what to do with her emotions. And really, uh, Rainbow is just the journey of Taylor. She's on a journey of self-discovery and trying to figure out who she is and really um, being comfortable in the truth of who she is. And taking the trip to Washington, D.C., listening to those icons and being inspired by um, those national leaders there, it really challenges her to really own and, and learn to um, begin to accept herself, right? Because it, it's, it's one of her biggest challenges is really just owning who she really is inside.
1: Yeah, now I'm, I'm really curious because it, you know, this is always the question that people ask writers and um, and authors is that if they feel like part of their writing is um, kind of autobiographical. Mm. Now
0: um, there are definitely a lot of aspects of my life in Rainbow, but it is not autobiographical, right? I definitely have woven some of my experiences into the story, um, and but no.
1: It's not out of my Okay. It. No, it's cool. I, I, always love, I love asking that because I, I, I love the fact, um, you know, because we all have experiences in our lives. You know, we we grow up um, a certain way. We have, um, you mm-hmm. know, friendships. We have our family dynamics. Uh, we have our school dynamics. You know, like you mentioned, you went to Fisk. And, um, you know, and so I always wonder if any of those things that happen in your own life, if they kind of, do you like kind of incorporate any of those into like your writing? at all?
0: Um, now, I'm going to have to just be honest and say yes, because like... Um, the HBCU experience is something that was definitely life-changing for me. So it's something that I, that I have written about in rainbow. It's something that I've written about in my next upcoming novella um, called promise keepers, or at least that's the title currently. And also just, you know, growing up um, in in the Christian family and the Christian household, you know, being gay, that was not the way, right. You know, you You're Mm -hmm. gonna heal, right? And so um, I definitely can relate heavily to Taylor, you know, being, you know, um, reluctant to not want to disappoint her mother, right? And that's really a big part of her challenge. It's like I can't be this person because I don't want to disappoint my mom. I don't want to disappoint my teammates. I don't want to be different at all. And even though we have a lot of great things happening within the LGBTQIA plus community. I am a teacher and I know that there are kids who are still struggling with just being accepted by their friends, being accepted, learning how to accept themselves, right. And trying, mm-hmm. to, pick them, trying to find themselves in the world that they live in and also, um, being accepted by their family. And so, um, it's one of, the, one of my inspirations behind writing Rainbow because, yes, you know, your struggle and your journey, it's OK. Right. It's OK that you're having these internal struggles, but you can you can figure out how to overcome them. Right. It's you don't have to de- like deny who you are in, in order to please somebody else.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because I f- I feel like when a, a lot of uh queer people when we grow up, um, mm-hmm. we are trying to find ourselves in in either in other people or in. Uh, the media is watching TV. I know a lot of people get into like video games, and but a lot of you know queer people find themselves in books. Yeah. They read books, and so they can relate themselves to characters, and it's a way to kind of still to not have to kind of come out and to not let anybody to yeah. feel safe. You can find yourself really in these books, and so I feel like what you're doing is really a form of activism, is by helping people that maybe are in these um, obscure areas of the world who don't have access to other queer people around them to um, at least get themselves lost yeah. in this book and to see specifically like Black queer people to go, oh my gosh, I'm reading this book and this is exactly me. This is my situation. And they can feel a little bit more comfort in the world because you know, a black queer writer is writing about black queer people.
0: And um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it's, um, it's like what Toni Morrison said, that if you, um, I don't know, I'm going to paraphrase here. If there's a book that you want to read and it hasn't been written, then you have to be the person to write that book. And I just, one of the things that really gets me with, with, Writing black queer stories is that man, I wish that I could have went into the bookstores and just picked up rainbow or um and just read it and just found myself and then and, and just realized that it was it was okay right to be to be all mm-hmm. the things that I was feeling inside earlier on in my life so yeah absolutely
1: well I was going to ask also about have you had any <laughs> kind of younger um, kind of black queer people kind of um, prompt you or ask you about how to get into writing or have you had, have you had people who uh, know that you're a writer kind of want to lean on you for
0: inspiration? Um, I did have this one. um, She's a high school student. Um, I have some friends who teach the high school level and she, I think she found me online because I'm connected with one of my friends um, on Instagram and she was like, she just sent me this really long email asking me about uh, my journey to being a writer. And I just thought that was so cool. And what a, like, you know, how, uh, and how brave of her, you know, to be a high school student, to reach out to a teacher who teaches at the middle school level, like right across the, the way from her to reach out and say, hey, I wanna meet you. Cause I want you to help me to figure out how to publish my own writing. Then the pandemic happened. So, (laughs) but but I haven't forgotten about this young lady. As a matter of fact, I need to send her an email and let her know that I haven't forgotten about her. Um, So, yeah, yeah. but I haven't had very many. No, like my students, they know that I've written a book, but, you know, there's some fine lines there. And I haven't, like, you know, promoted it or, you know, they've even asked me what the name of it is. and, And that's what I mean about being free. Um, I mean, that's what I mean about, you know, we still have sto- we still have a lot, a long way to go, and a lot of a lot more stories to tell, right? Because you're a heterosexual teacher, yeah. if you wrote a novella and, you know, you feel very comfortable sharing that with your students, right? It's not inappropriate in any way. There's not some sex and you know violence and all that in it, but still, I I, I still feel like no, nah, I, I better not, right? I don't want anybody to, you know. Make me feel like I'm, or come, I'm promoting this, or I'm promoting that, and you know, a lot of politics get involved, and a lot of religion, and and there are just still a lot of things that we have to think about, even with just being ourselves as human beings, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna, yeah, ask about that. So, um, so it sounds like you're, you're uh, currently
0: a yes. teacher as uh, well. Yeah, I teach okay. middle school. Cool.
1: <laughs> Okay. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's got to be, I mean, I, I can only imagine the the dynamics of your school, you know, being a, uh, a Black queer person, you know, as a teacher yeah. of a school, of an institution, um, but then having this project uh, and this, uh, this life that you love so much, that is really the core of who you are, you know, yeah. this writing piece Um, And so wanting to share that with the world and that really being who you really are and the juxtaposition of that uh, with your job as a teacher and trying to negotiate those two have got to be a difficult uh, job.
0: I would say yes, because um, it it was only this year that I had decided that I was no longer going to – you know, at the middle school level, kids are very inquisitive. You build relationships with them and, and they want they want to know, you know, they want to know who you're married to, what they look like, <laughs> what, they look like <laughs> what y'all doing this weekend. And, and so for a long time, I would just say I'm hanging out with my friend or I'm going to be doing this. And I wouldn't even say who I, would, who I was going to be joining with. And it was not it was this year that I said to uh, my colleagues and some of my friends and my wife, I said, I'm not doing that this year. I am married. I'm married to a woman and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to when like, because my heterosexual colleagues, they get to talk about their husbands and their wives and put pictures up. And it's not even a big deal. It's not even a second thought. Right. And I "I want that freedom. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it. And it wasn't easy. Right. But, because I, I, would, I didn't know what kind of response I was going to get from my students and what I would have to, to talk about and discuss and what kind of questions I would ask. But the kids, they, they really, you know, they gave me hope because they, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be doing this with my wife. And, you know, of course, I had a lot of, you know, some kids like, what the heck, you know, <laughs> like, but. We moved past it, right. right? They and then they and then it was just okay. It was just normal. They would say, "Miss Green, what are you going to be doing with your wife this weekend?" And it was just regular conversation. And I think it was very important for because I know that I have some students in my classroom who are um, trying to figure out who they are, and I just think that having that kind of mm-hmm. representation is important, and having certain conversations in the classroom um, about being gay and being black and being a minority or not, not minority. I don't want to say that, but being a person of color is, it, you know, in, in dealing with those experiences in a safe place. Right. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is so beautiful to hear that you've had some students who, who really mm-hmm. just didn't care, you know? And so they're really, you know, I feel like, uh, there's something to say about this younger generation that they don't have yeah. The history, you know, that we have. I'm forty. I'm forty-one. You know, they don't. They don't have the uh, the emotional history that we have of having to deal with some of the issues that maybe uh, you know me in my early forties have had to deal with. You know, and so they're these clean slates, just like wanting to love everybody and just curious and wanting to just live their lives. And so it's so yeah. that's so heartening to be able to hear that. You know, you're really giving hope to these kids. You know, even um, even just those little side conversations that you have with them before class begins or right when it ends. I I love that, and it's I mean, it's like who knows uh, the lives that you're impacting just by you being who you are.
0: Thank you. I, like I hope so. I mean, that's definitely the goal. When I'm in front of the classroom every day, I know it's a major responsibility, and you know, I'm trying to live up to it as best I can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so um uh wrapping up a little bit. First I wanted to ask a little bit about the um the first the title rainbow. Um so I I mean I would presume that the rainbow represents kind of what we all think of in terms of kind of gay and queer pride. Um but is there any other reason why you chose that to be the title of the novel? No, Michael, I'm going
0: to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> when I was writing it, and I wrote this novella a long time ago, like maybe five or six years ago. And uh, I just put the name on there. I put Rainbow on there. I was like, uh, let me just put Rainbow on here for now and you know, give it a title because I, I, I was tired of it being untitled and then so I, mm-hmm. but over time it really stuck with the story and i was like i really like this title i think it represents the story because you know um rainbow represents like some hope and like you know there's some you know that even it's even though it's mythical it's like that there's gold at the end of the rainbow there's a little you know there's a little bit of hope there and so i i just like that that theme that you know hope and you know at the end of the rainbow there is something like a treasure there and i and i do think that for taylor and her journey um even though rainbow is just the beginning of taylor's journey she did find some hope in just learning how to embrace herself and being okay with all the parts that make her her and and just walking in that truth and and um so that i just kept the name you know i, I thought it worked it's not
1: yeah i i yeah. think it i think it does and so um so the next question that people are going to ask you about any upcoming projects do you have any kind of ideas about projects
0: or writing um that absolutely you like i'm going to keep writing this has definitely been a a wonderful experience um I've always wanted to write, and, I, and I've always saw myself as a published author, and to see my dreams actualized has been amazing. Um, I I have three more novellas that have already been edited, and they are they're oh, ready, okay. right? So my All next right. one will be coming out soon. It is called Promise Keepers, and it is also a novella. Um, and then also I have the audio book to Rainbow, which will be dropping soon here. Um, probably sometime this month. Um, so then there's the audiobook for those who enjoy that way of reading. And and then Absolutely. after Promise Keeper, then of course I'm gonna drop the uh, two. So it's uh, at first it was going to be a collection of novellas, but then I um from the advice of my editor decided to break them into Uh, individual stories because she thought they would be more powerful that way and um, I'm kind of glad that Mm -hmm. she convinced me to do that.
1: All right so if anyone's interested in um, you plugged a little bit about where we can uh, find Rainbow but uh, if anyone wants to learn more about you specifically uh, or contact you on social media how can they do that? Right. so what I am on you?
0: instagram and my handle is the underscore writer underscore bear underscore our zoo and uh, I do have a facebook page the writer bear day our zoo and then i'm also on twitter at bear day underscore our zoo and um, I have a website our zoo dot com b e r d e A R Z U. And um I I write blogs on there. I'm getting ready to post a blog right now with everything that's going on in our country in terms of black people. Um I definitely want to get get some things out. Get get some things out there
1: because yes, it's a lot. Cool. Um, but I love this. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm I'm super excited. I hope people, you know get into you. I hope that they can uh, read your, not just this novella, but the other one's coming out. And hopefully this will even inspire some some young uh, queer people, young queer or Black queer people to, uh, to reach out to you who are maybe inspired to want to write. So I think you've helped out a well, lot. Well,
0: I definitely hope so. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I appreciate you actually having this podcast. I think it is so... And I was just so excited when I found it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. And it's right here in Sacramento. So thank you.